Welcome to the Off the Charts Football Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Manicharian. Mark Simon is off today. Justin Stein is off today. But we are announcing the finalists for the SIS Analytics Challenge. We've got Alex Vigderman and Cam Harrigan. Alex Vigderman, both from our R&D team. Alex Vigderman is our lead football analyst. Um, so basically everything in terms of what we're doing on the total points front and uh, everything else like that. Uh, he is uh, the man in charge, and we are also joined by Cam Harrigan. Cam is our overqualified, quote-unquote, intern. Um, a very inappropriate title for him, but uh, he's joined us for his summer in between years at Chicago Booth getting his MBA. He's also in the past been a contestant in the Big Data Bowl and a finalist in the Sabre competition. Is that right? Uh, yeah, actually, our team at uh, Booth won this diamond. Oh, the dollar, winner! Uh, the winner! Spring, I got that yeah. wrong. Nice, nice. I didn't even mean to tee you up like that, but I like how that worked. Overqualified. Again, yeah. <laughs> All right, but right now we are here to talk about the SIS Analytics Challenge. Um, a couple of kind of housekeeping notes right off the top. So, we said we were going to do two tracks this year. We put out all the data there for two questions. One, about football analytics and um, the, the, the prompts there, really. What are the most common route combinations in the NFL? A very simple sounding question on the surface, but one that, uh, as we'll see, you could have a million different answers to. And then uh, what, are, what are the most effective combinations of those against the different coverages that you might face in the NFL? We also asked... What's the value of a quarterback and a wide receiver to the point spread in an NFL game? And in this case, um, we were looking for at least an answer on Patrick Mahomes and on Julio Jones, but on some other players as well. And as luck would have it, as faith would have it, um, the way this one played out, um, we've spent a lot of time in the football analytics space. We are newer in the sports betting space, and we got a ton more, dozens, dozens more um, entrance into that football analytics track. So we are pivoting a little bit in terms of the final competition, which will be on August 4th, Wednesday, October 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern. I said October, I meant August. Wednesday, August 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern, just uh, next Wednesday. Um, so what we're going to do, because we just got such a, a different imbalanced competition, we're putting all the judges on the football analytics track We'll have the three finalists competing there, and then we'll give you the best of the sports betting um, answers that we got. Uh, we have one that, that we think stands out that we'll, that we'll show as kind of the cherry on top. But what we'll get at that, we'll be in and out of there in less than an hour and a half. We'll have our, our big-time panel of judges with former NFL players, current NFL employees, um, Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders, um, and more. Um, we'll have all of that at 8 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. It'll be on YouTube Live. You can find all the information about it on our Twitter, at sportsinfo underscore SIS. So, without further ado, we are here tonight to announce who the three finalists will be for the football track, the, the ones that, that everybody's going to show up to see on Wednesday night next week. So, we're going to get into those over the course of today. I will give the names of the uh, people who are on the teams of the finalists right off the top right now. And then we've got Alex and we've got Cam and we're going to break down 
some of the high level, what to expect, what, what these uh, teams were doing. But then, you know, the real juice is going to come on Wednesday night when we actually get into it with, uh, with the actual researchers themselves. So the three finalists will be, number one, Joe Andruzzi. Um, Joe Andruzzi did great work. We will talk about that momentarily. A one-man team. Uh, the second finalist, also a one-man team, Joseph Chernak. Uh, really fantastic work by him as well. Excited to get into that one. And then finally, two of those individuals going up against a four-person team. This one has a uh, former SIS, uh, at the time, not as overqualified an intern, but uh, he's, he's certainly built up his credentials since then. Keegan Abdu is on one of the finalist teams, along with Dr. Bud Davis, Joey Ferriola, and Mark Schofield. Um, so some real uh, heavy hitters from the, the football analytics Twitter on that team. Um, I wonder how they came together. So those are the three finalist teams. Now we're going to get into a little bit of what they cooked up, kind of giving you a little teaser, what, what they did, um, what we liked about it. And let's start right off with team number one. Alex, what can you tell us about what Joe Andruzzi put together? So going back actually to the Big Data Bowl conversation, the, the big thing that he did was tie in some research from the Big Data Bowl in terms of where routes tend to end up. And, and trying to use that information to inform how offenses attack defenses in terms of the areas of the field that routes uh, go into. So, for example, if a uh, deep crossing route enters into, you know, starts on the left and enters into the right side of the offense, and then there's a curl that's also being run by the slot receiver on the right side, as long as those players end up in a similar spot, they're considered as sort of attacking a similar area of the offense. And so he categorized route concepts uh by sort of obvious combinations of routes that are for receivers that are lined up next to each other, but also combinations where two receivers end up in a similar zone, which is an interesting way to approach that. And then yeah, from that so point, hold on. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to like pause there for a little bit. Cause yeah. I think you just uncovered so much and we've been reading these all week. So these were all due on Sunday night at midnight, the R and D team, we've been spending our entire week reading these, reviewing these uh, meeting on them uh, to get to these three finalists. Um, there are a couple of like really uh, interesting questions that come up that all of these teams approach so differently. And, and there are just a million ways to do it in terms of number one, we said, what are the most pop popular route types? Well, you could look at that as just saying, you know, we had a curl, a go and a flat route on this side of the field. That's the route combination there. You could look at it as saying um, we have a Mills concept going on here and you can group things like that. And then you have the, the question of, are you just going to look at half field concepts or look at full field concepts. Um, so this team had one of the most, this is where they really, really diverged. I thought a lot from a lot of the other groups with, with this kind of um, use of the big datable data that you described, where really they said it's a, it's a concept if they're on the same side of the field, but then it's also a concept if it came from the opposite side of the field and we would expect that route to end up within 20 yards of another route. Um, kind of like, this is like, for me, I can't wait to see how the judges look at this one because it's like so interesting. And at the same time, there's also a lot of stuff that plays out from that decision that I think kind of informs the rest of the presentation. Well, and the nice thing is that the logic sort of is similar to the logic that underlies concepts that we do know about mesh and, and all these sort of crossing routes. Uh, the same concept is there where we're putting receivers in the same area, but it has a, a sort of rigorous definition that allows us to get to concepts that we might not have thought of initially. 
Um, and then, so the other thing that, that Joe did that was nice was break it out so that every combination of uh, route concepts and coverage schemes was evaluated from two perspectives, which you'll see is sort of a consistent thread about these finalists. Um, so he basically had an expected EPA flavor and an expected success rate flavor. So one where the, the combination is, is trying to seek upside and one where you're just trying to, to get a successful play and then presented the results of each of those. So you can see if you're looking for upside, here's the best combination. If you're looking for safety, here's the best combination. And a lot of those results end up being pretty intuitive where you're seeing, you know, against cover zero, you want to get the ball out quickly if you just want a successful play. But if you want a big play, you can have a, a longer developing one where you can try and beat somebody over the top. Yeah, definitely some common threads that you saw throughout is when they were going for explosive plays, you saw a lot of uh, deep crosses involved. It was like uh, Joe loves the deep cross. He's going to make his case for it. And I can't wait to hear it. Um, and then on the when it was we just need a first down. It was mesh. It was it was a bunch routes and things like that, uh, getting the ball out out quick. Um, so the results that he got from his process were were intuitive in that regard. Kim, did you have any uh, takeaways from from Joe's thing that you wanted to mention? Um, yeah. So one thing I'm excited for everyone to see is the visualizations um, that Joe used. Um, pretty cool how he breaks it down uh, to show the actual routes on the play and where they're going to end up on the field. Um, so people will be able to see that uh, on Wednesday night, which I think will be exciting. Um, and then the other thing is, I guess the cherry on top is how he explored other variables. So he took these routes and then he said, oh, if they do play action, it changes the EPA by this much uh, based on his model um, or different, different uh, like a rollout or targeting the number one receiver or shotgun. Um, it was actually very creative on how he uh, implemented that. Right. He like gave the overall result, but he acknowledged the context dependent nature of football and said like, but if you change this one variable, here's how that looks different. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool as well. Yep. All right. That's Joe. Let's flip it forward. Number two. And these are just alphabetically listed. Um, or at least I think they are by first name, sort of. Joseph Chernak. Um, Joseph Chernak had a, a beautiful presentation in a lot of ways. Cam, what, uh, what was the high level that, that he had going on? Um, so starting at the uh, beginning on how he broke down the routes, um, we saw Joe uh, use the old big datable method, but uh, Joseph actually broke them down by side of the field, but he didn't get rid of crossing routes completely. Um, it's the two receivers or tight end and receiver cross in the middle of the field. He kind of looked at that separately because um, the, the defense would have to interact differently whether or not over the middle or not um, so I thought that was really creative by him to look at how, how the routes actually interact uh, with each other whether it be on the same side of the field or over the middle of the field um, and then he also looked like looked at success um, by EPA but he also instead of a success rate metric with yards to go he looked at completion percentage um, with the understanding that the receiver is probably going to go to a spot on the field to get a first down hopefully um, so that should uh, imply success. Um, but uh, any other questions on your end as far as where we're at, we're at right now with the presentation? Yeah, no, I like, um, I liked what, what you were saying before about how he grouped the, uh, he took a really different approach at the cross field concepts. Um, and you saw in his like top 25 most popular concepts, you saw a lot of single side concepts, but then the dig drag conversation cut 
combination and the drag drag combination both made the list as well there, um, which is super intuitive to me because we know that those are, are popular route combinations that you see. Um, his, his presentation just flowed so um, logically to me. I, I really appreciated that about it. The thing I also really liked about it was an acknowledgement that especially when we're, we're splitting into, you know, specific route combinations against specific coverages, the sample sizes get kind of small. And as it specifically relates to the route combination side of things, certain teams will run certain combinations more. And so the sample of mesh or dagger for, uh, you know, might be outweighed for certain teams and they might affect the results, whether it's the quality of the quarterback or the quality of the play calling or any of that kind of stuff. And so he actually built in an estimate of the quality of the quarterback when evaluating these things. And so it's not just your average performance for a given route combination, but you're also considering how good I expected you to be based on how you perform else, elsewhere. And on top of that, he also threw in some, some bays into there where he was uh, adjusting things for the sample size appropriately and, and handling that uh, rather elegantly, I thought. Yeah, for sure. And then yeah, and then the big thing was a high number of attempts against a certain coverage doesn't necessarily necessarily mean that the combo of play of routes is effective. Um, so just showing that there are some inefficiencies out there with play calling. Um, so I'm excited to see how the judges react to that uh, statement. Yeah, it's always cool when you find uh, somebody who's willing to kind of go out on a limb and say, like, I think there's an inefficiency here that I've identified. Um, and he wasn't the only person that put in a, a – a little bit of a, a beef with the curl route um, with just an, an over-reliance on it that we see across the NFL, the most popular route run in the NFL in 2020. All right. Anything else from you guys that you wanted to talk about with Joseph? All right. Then we'll move on to our third finalist. And that is our group of four, Keegan Abdu, Dr. Bud Davis, Joe, Joey Ferraiola, and Mark Schofield. Um, Alex, what did you like about what they did? So this is another example of people using creative methods to come up with their route concepts. So they started with uh, what they called essentially a route, con a route dictionary, and they uh, defined their concept in a relatively rigid way and said, okay, if I want this specific route with this specific route, that's a concept. But then they took that and they fed it into a neural network and used computer vision essentially to say, okay, I can create an image of the route combination and feed it in training data that is the concepts that I've already defined. And then I can uh, go in and look at other images of other combinations of routes and have the neural network determine if this concept is conceptually similar to a concept I already have. So if, for example, I have a concept that includes a dig, but there's another uh, route combination that includes a post in the same spot, it might evaluate those as visually similar. And obviously that also relates to how it works on the field. And it will essentially view that as what they called a novel concept, where it's a, it's a something where I have a rigid definition, but this is a slight variation on what we would typically think of as a particular concept, which is obviously very creative relative to, to what uh, most people would be doing. Yeah, it's awesome. So they fit, they, say, they said, here are the 20 concepts that are the most popular. And you have some real football knowledge in this group. If, if you follow these guys on Twitter, and what they did is they basically said, we can fit 70% of these concepts into that no problem manually, basically. But there's this 30% that's unaccounted for that they use what you're talking about, this convolution neural network. And there was the example that you mentioned, Alex, where one thing was these are visually similar 
So we can say that it's basically a novel version of something that we know about. And then there was the other one that they said where most of their concepts were, were two route concepts, were two man concepts. And so what they did is when they had three receivers on a side running something that didn't otherwise fit into like a flood concept or something like that, uh, the example that they used was the outside receiver running a curl, this number two running a go, and the number three receiver running an out route. Well, that's a Haas on the outside, the curl go combo, and that's an Ohio on the inside, the go out combo. So actually what they did is they identify that as both, right? This play can be identified as both of those combinations in the way that they're evaluating it. And this allows them to basically cover all of the plays in the data set uh, in something that was fit in. So I, I just thought it was super clever the way that they did that part of it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, beyond that, you know, they, they took the research in a lot of different directions, which were uh, relatively unique. They, they went into performance versus uh, not just sort of coverages in, in the full granular level, but also looking at it from a perspective of, uh, is the middle of the field closed or open? Uh, is it better with an RPO drop back? Are there certain combinations of combinations that work better? So if I have Portland and Ohio uh, you know, simultaneously, is that more effective? Um, they looked at whether those novel route concepts are in fact, in some way different from the traditional route concepts, whether they perform better, whether uh, teams that that use those novel concepts more frequently are better. So all these different sort of uh, peripheral explorations made their uh, presentation have a lot of depth to it. Yeah, and the, and the one, uh, one thing that they did with the explosive uh, versus the on-schedule play calling, as they called it, uh, was break it down by team. And you can actually see um, what teams, they kind of passed the eye test on what teams are overly risky, overly conservative, or successful, what we deem as a successful passing offense um, based on the eye test, really. I thought that was a particularly interesting thing. So th this was another example of, of a team uh, drawing a distinction between, do I want upside? Do I want safety? That sort of thing. And uh, they actually came to the conclusion that you know, if you look at teams in terms of their overall play calling, teams that are overly uh, aggressive or overly conservative are worse offenses than than passing offense that kind of blend those together, which especially with the way that they visualize it sort of was a clear uh, explanation of that concept. I would say with this group, as much as I love it when people answer the specific question being posed, I did kind of appreciate that they said, it really depends who's running the route and what situation they're, they're running the route concept in um, for how successful it's going to be. There's not really that big a spread in terms of this route concept is good and that one's bad. And they kind of said, but here's some stuff that we can tell you about route concepts and how and and why they're interesting and what we do know about them. Um, and I, I really appreciated that. I would say with with these three presentations, with with all, with the majority of the presentations, I was so impressed with the ability Obviously, there's going to be technical skill on the display, but the ability to take things back and draw them back to football and the, the diagrams of football plays that we saw embedded in these presentations and the way that um, just the information was presented in a way that passed the football smell test a lot of the time. Like I'd, I'd say a lot of our work this week was, um, yes, we're judging things to make sure they're using appropriate methodology, but also we're looking at the results and doing sanity checks on, on what they're getting here. And I, I just, uh, I was pretty blown away, I think, by how uh, in touch with what really matters in football, all of, at least these, these analysts were, 
when they approach this because that that's a criticism that I'm I openly share you know Twitter research a lot of times it's like okay you've never watched a football game this is really nice math but like um, and that was the furthest thing from what we found with these finalists so um, just uh, kudos to all the the people that have, that entered. Yeah, I, I certainly appreciated, you know, I, I w- I'm the first to admit that I'm not an expert in, in route concepts, uh, you know, as, as they're used in playbooks and stuff like that. And so if, if I were analyzing this, my first impression would be to use, you know, particular combinations of, of routes as opposed to naming them in particular ways. Uh, and there were plenty of people who went that route where they weren't using any particular naming convention or, you know, they, they weren't necessarily uh, grabbing stuff from playbooks or anything, but they still did integrate it with an understanding of, okay, this combination of routes puts the flat defender in conflict. And and, and so they, they did still break it down in a way that a coach who, you know, is going to think about things in a different way would still understand and appreciate. When I hear you say things like put the flat defender in conflict, you just you just prove that you're not one of those nerds, Alex. You just prove it by saying things. Like I'm a great that. parrot. <laughs> okay, um, let's make sure we get the details out for the people. I want to make sure that we get this right. It's 8 p.m. It's going to be on uh, YouTube Live. Corey March is going to be hosting. We're going to have um, the the panel of judges that is just out of this world. Uh, we're going to have these three finalists. We're going to have the number one from the sports betting track. Um, we're going to present that one too. We should be in and out in an hour and a half. It should be a ton of fun. Most importantly, it's all for a great cause. Um, all of this is to support the Boys and Girls Clubs of America. Um, they obviously do fantastic work with the NFL for years. And um, that's, that's really why we started doing this challenge a year ago, was to raise money for a good cause. And that's why we're here again. We love sharing the data with the world. We love seeing all of these talented, up-and-coming, oftentimes, uh, analysts. Um, but then it's all for a good cause. So please um, check us out. Go to our website, sportsinfosolutions.com. Check it out. Check us out um, on Twitter at sportsinfo underscore SIS. But please come check out the, the finals and please donate uh, to support a great cause um, because um, that's at the end of the day, our, our main goal with this, with this competition is, is to hit that, hit that goal of raising some money for a good cause. So we hope to see all of you 8 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, August, not October 4th. Um, and um, anything else that I'm missing, guys? No, just, uh, yeah, like Matt said, the the big thing that we got out of this experience last year that we wanted to make sure was part of the experience this year was the, the charity uh, aspect of it. So definitely check out the GoFundMe page uh, for the SIS Football Analytics Challenge and donate whatever you can. You're not going to want to miss the judges that we have. Um, they, they are uh, much bigger names than, than Matt, Alex, and Cam. All right. Well, on that note, we will sign off and get out of here. Thank you all for listening. And this has been the latest episode of the Off the Charts Football Podcast.